Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc soap and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. All right. Good morning. Good morning, Fusion Church. Can you hear me okay? Some thumbs up. All right. So glad to be with you guys this morning. Today we are in Nehemiah 3. We're going to read about some of the building of the wall um, in Jerusalem. <clears throat> uh, I hope that you guys are, are, are doing well during this time, during this miracles in motion, spiritual growth journey that we're, we're, we're all in as a church family. I, I hope that you guys are praying and really trying to hear from the Lord and, and trying to hear what is it that, that you're going to do to... to uh, to help the the church with the completion of our of our multiple locations, because um, hey, I don't know if you all know yet, but we have two buildings we got to work on. Amen. So uh, continue praying, continue just trying to really seek from the Lord um, what it is that uh, he want he wants you to do. Amen. So Nehemiah three, I'm gonna. I'm going to pray. We have a lot to cover here, and I got a whole lot of names I got to read in this chapter. So let's get to it. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time, this opportunity that we have to read from your word, Lord God. Father, I pray that you will continue just to speak to us during this time, Father. I pray that as, as I'm speaking, Lord God, it'll be your words that are heard, not mine, that I would fade to the background and that you would be at the forefront of the, the ears and the, the, the hearts and the minds of my brothers and sisters. Father, be with us during this time. We praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, <clears throat> Nehemiah 3, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. <clears throat> then Eliashab the high priest rose up from his brethren, the priests, and built the sheep gate. They consecrated it and hung its doors. They built as far as the Tower of the Hundred and consecrated it. Then as far as the Tower of Hananel, next to Eliashab, the men of Jericho built, and next to them, Zakur, the son of Emery, built. Also, the sons of Hassanah built the fish gate. They laid its beams and hung its doors with its bolts and bars. And next to them were then Merimoth, the son of Raja, the son of Kaz, made repairs. Next to them, Meshulam, the son of Barakiah, the son of Meshazabal, made repairs. Next to them, Zadok, the son of Banah, made repairs. Next to them, the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. That's important. Their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. Moreover, Jehoiada, the son of Pesai, and Meshulam, the son of Besodiah, repaired the old gate. They laid its beams and hung its doors with its bolts and bars. And next to them, Melatiah, the Gibeonite, Jadon, the Maranathite, the men of Gibeon and Mizpah repaired the residence of the governor of the region beyond the river. Next to him, Uziel, the son of Harhiah, one of the goldsmiths, made repairs. Also next to him, Hananiah, one of the perfumers, made repairs. And they fortified Jerusalem as far as the broad wall. And next to them, Rephiah, the son of Hur, leader of half the district of Jerusalem, made repairs. Next to them, Jediah, the son of Harumaf made repairs in front of his house, and next to him, Hatush, the son of Hashabniah, made repairs. 
Malkija, the son of Harem, and Hashob, the son of Pahath Moab, made re repaired another section, as well as the tower of the ovens. And next to him was Shalom, the son of Halosha, leader of half the district of Jerusalem. He and his daughters made repairs. Hanan, the inhabitants of Zenoa, made repaired the valley gate. They built it, hung its doors with its bolts and bars, and repaired a thousand cubits of the wall as far as the refuse gate. Malkijah, the son of Achab, leader of the district of Beth Hekaron, repaired the refuse gate. He built it and hung its doors with its bolts and bars. Shalun, the son of Kolhoza, leader of the district of Mizpah, repaired the fountain gate. He built it, covered it, hung its doors with its bolts and bars, and repaired the wall of the pool of Shelah by the king's garden, as far as the stairs that go down from the city of David. After him, Nehemiah, the son of Azbuk, leader of half the district of Bethzur, made repairs as far as the place in front of the tombs of David, to the man-made pool as far as the house of the mighty. After him, the Levites under Rahum, the son of Bani, made repairs. Next to him, Hashabiah, the leader of half the district of Caleb, made repairs for his district. After him, their brethren under Bavai, the son of Hanadad, leader of the other half of the district of Kalai, made repairs. And next to him, Ezer, the son of Jeshua, the leader of Mizpah, repaired another section in front of the ascent to the armory at the buttress. After him, Baruch, the son of Zabai, carefully repaired the other section, from the buttress to the door of the house of Eliashib, the high priest. After him, Merimoth, the son of Urijah, the son of Kaz, made repa repaired another section, from the door of the house of Eliashib to the end of the house of Eliashib. And after him, the priests, the men of the plain, made repairs. After him, Benjamin and Hashub made repairs opposite their house. After them, Azariah, Azariah the son of Masai, the son of Ananiah, made repairs by his house. After him, Bunuai, the son of Hanadad, repaired another section from the house of Azariah to the buttress, even as far as the corner. Palau, the son of Uzziah, made repairs opposite the buttress and on the tower which projects from the king's upper house that was by the court of the prison. After him, Padiah, the son of Parash, made repairs. Moreover, Nethanim, who dwelt in Ophel, made repairs as far as the place in front of the water gate toward the east and on the projecting tower. After them, the Tequites repaired another section next to the great, great projecting tower as far as the wall of Ophel. Beyond the horse gate, the priest made repairs, each in front of his own house. After them, Zadok, the son of Amor, made repairs in front of his own house. After him, Shemaiah, the son of Shechaniah, the keeper of the east gate, made repairs. After him, Hananiah, the son of Shalamiah, and Hanun, the sixth son of Zalaf, made repaired another section. After him, Meshulam, the son of Barakiah, made repairs in front of his dwelling. After him, Malchijah. One of the goldsmiths made repairs as far as the house of the Nethanim and of the merchants in front of the Mifkad gate and as far as the upper room at the corner. And between the upper room at the corner, as far as the sheep gate, the goldsmiths and the merchants made repairs. Amen and amen. All right, listen. Whew. Let me let me let me let me take a, a sip right quick. A whole lot of names that quite honestly mean nothing to most people, but this just shows the amount of people who are so um, dedicated and concerned with the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem, specifically around the gates um, around Jerusalem. You know, Nehemiah 3, this is all about the work and, and, and how individuals pitched in and did the work together. And they were all coordinated and, and led by Nehemiah. Um, it talks about the sheep gate um, and, and 
And so, uh, and, and and a lot of the gates and the gates were, were the critical entry and exit points to the city. And, and, and so, so gates were the places that were most likely they would be attacked by enemies. So it was really important to make sure the gates itself were fortified. Right. And they were, they were secure because the walls, you can make walls thick, 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 thick. Right. And you can continue to build them up. But if your gates getting into the city were weak, you know, who cares about the walls? I'm just going to go right through the main gate, you know? So the, the gates had to be fortified and that's where the, that's where the work started was on the gates. The sheep gate was, was named because it was the gate where, where shepherds would bring their, their flocks in to sell them. And, and really up until, you know, a handful of years ago, they actually still use this gate for, uh, to bring their sheep into the city. It talks about Eliashab, the high priest and, Eliashab is the first worker that's mentioned in this chapter. And he rose up <clears throat> to do the work with the other priests. And they worked at, at rebuilding this exact sheep gate and, and the section of wall that was near it. And, near it. and, and Eliashab, the high priest, he acted as a godly man should. You know, he, he was out in front of the work. He was out leading by example, he didn't act as if he was too spiritual. You know, he didn't act as, hey, man, I can't, I'm the high priest. I can't get my, my priestly robes dirty. You know, I got, I'm too busy praying. I'm too busy hold, being holy, you know, like he wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty and to do the work of rebuilding the walls. And if you're a leader, right, if you're a leader in the church, if you're a leader anywhere, you know, others are looking to you. Others are looking at your example. And so if you're if if you're slow to work, they're gonna be slow to work. If you're full of discouragement, if you're full of doubt, if you have this attitude it's like, oh man, this is gonna be horrible. Oh, there's so much work. You know, how are we gonna get through it? The people uh, behind you are gonna have the exact same attitude. Eliashab was like, nah, we're gonna get this work done. I am going to lead by example. And there's a good reason why Eliashab was the first mentioned and why the rest of the chapter is, is full of the names of, of more than 50 others that followed his example in the work. In, in, a, in a wonderful way, the servant high priest named Eliashab is, is a beautiful picture of, of uh, the high priest who, who is to come and who, who is the ultimate servant. And that ultimate high priest is Jesus Christ. Eliashab did the work first, just as Jesus went before us to do the work. And this is they consecrated it. The idea behind consecration is, is to recognize something as being special, as, as something as, as being uniquely set apart for God's glory and for God's service. And these city gates were, were, were made especially for God. Nehemiah and Eliashab, they knew that God wanted everything set apart exclusively for him, including the city walls and the city gates. And because the the the, the first of the work was, was specially set apart to God, it was it was a way for them to also say that all of this belongs to you, God. This is a special work for you. We're doing this for you. And this is a, a great secret to joy and service in life to do everything as unto the Lord. Everything unto our Creator, Colossians three seventeen three seventeen. Excuse me, says, and whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God 
the Father through him. Everything we do must be for the Lord. Everything we do must be for the Lord. Here in Cumberland County, we're, we're you know, prayerfully, we're going to be closing on our, our new building here soon, and then work's going to begin. We're going to begin renovations within that building. You know, we're going to be knocking down some walls. We're going to be, you know, painting and ripping up carpet and doing all this stuff, right? And our focus cannot be, we just need to get out of the school. We got to get done with setup and teardown. We got to be done with that stuff. We need to have our own building. No, 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 no. That cannot be our mentality. It cannot be. It must be. We are building the house of the Lord. Come on. We are building the temple. We are building the sanctuary for our Savior. We are, we are building the place where people are going to come in and to interact with our risen Savior. We are, we are, we are facilitating the building of, of the walls of the building so that people can encounter Jesus Christ. So people can become saved. The people can become connected, right? Because I'm going to tell you right now, Cumberland County, if you're on here and you're, on, and you're, you're part of Cumberland County, we're going to, there's going to come a time where we're going to miss the setup and tear down. We're going to look back and like, remember when, remember when, remember, remember how we were so excited to get to be done with all that stuff. You know, we're going to, we're going to miss it, but we can't lose sight of why we are doing this. Okay. If, if right now, if, if, if our focus is just the fact that we're tired of set up and tear down two and a half years of just putting up and tearing down, putting up and tearing down, dealing with, with the logistics of dealing with the school and this and that. And the other thing, if that is our, our sole focus, we might as well quit right now. We're missing the point. We are missing the point. We need to do it all unto the Lord. Just as all these people who are mentioned, they were doing it unto the Lord. Verse four said they made repairs and the word repairs in the, in the Hebrew is the word chazak. And it's used 35 times in this chapter. And it's the idea of strengthening, of encouraging, of making something stronger. The Bible says that we must, we must be built up and we must be repaired. In Ephesians 4.12, God says the purpose of the church is for the equipping of the saints. And the idea behind equipping is, is to purpose and to strengthen and to make something able to be used. We come together as, as Christians, as Christ followers, and we strengthen each other. We build each other up. We have that idea of chazak behind us, of strengthen each, strengthening each other and to make us strong, to be able to live for Jesus and to serve him outside of just the gatherings of the church. Everywhere we go, everything we do, we're doing it unto the Lord. Verse 6 says, moreover, Jehoiada, the son of Pesiah, Meshulam, the son of Besadiah, repaired the old gate. Among the repairers of the old gate and, its, and, 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 and the walls were um, Uzziel, the son of Hekaniah, one of the goldsmiths. Along him was Hananiah, one of the perfumers. What's significant about this portion is these men of different professions, they, they, they were not builders. They were goldsmiths. They were perfumers. They had no business building walls. They had no business in construction. They were not trained for this type of work. They didn't go to a trade school to learn how to do, work with mortar and bricks. They had other jobs, but they were they still did the work. It would seem they, they it would seem they had an easy excuse not to do the work, to not do anything. They could my, my man could be listen, man. I got some I got some some 
some perfume I'm making right here. It's, it's this is a, this is a fresh batch. I don't have time to be hammering onto walls. But no, they did the work. They jumped in and they did the work and they fortified Jerusalem, even though they would not think that they, they were qualified, they were able. When be, before we moved into the Egg Harbor Township location that, that the majority of you guys attend, that was a big open warehouse, right? It was nasty in there. Okay, nasty in there. See, a lot of you guys, you, you walk into that building and you see the nice walls and the paint and you see all that stuff, the nice floor that's been polished and whatnot, right? A lot of you have no idea the work that had to be done, right? The carpet that had to be tore out, you know, that my hands are, my hand, to come on, Doug, you know, my hands still hurt from ripping up carpet, you know? But hey, crazy, crazy thing is, I'm not in construction. I'm not in contracting. You know, I never put down floors. I never, I never buffed floors, you know, especially like concrete floors, you know, paint, you know, how much paint we put up on them walls, you know, just for a few years later, someone, you know, Pastor Brennan and Pastor Danielle was like, you know what, I, let's change this different, a different shade of green, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But we did the work and we were, that wasn't our profession, but the work had to get done, Right. Brothers and sisters, do not think, please hear me, do not think that the work of building the church, the work of pushing the kingdom of God forward is outside of your realm. That is something that you cannot do, right? Everyone here has a different profession. Some of us are retired, you know, you know, a lot of us, most of us are not in um, uh, formal quote unquote formal ministry, right? But you're all in ministry. You can all do the work of the ministry. Come on. I am so fired up this morning. It is, this is my second cup of coffee. So I'm ready to go, Nicole. Let's go. So we all have a part to play. And the most important part in, in doing the work of the Lord is availability. Being available <clears throat> for God to use you. The the one of the few gifts those with little talent who have, but they have a passion and a drive to do, to do God's work and to see God's work done will accomplish so much more than the, than the, than the, the, the so-called gifted and talented person who doesn't have a passion, doesn't have a drive to do the Lord's work. And that goes for anything within the ministry. You can be the most talented singer in the world, have every gift in, in, in the world, right? And go up on, uh, on one of our platforms and you lead worship. But if you don't have a passion for it, if you're doing it out of obligation, that person, that other person who may not be as gifted and talented as you, but they love the Lord and they're singing unto him, not to be recognized, but they're doing it unto him. That person is accomplishing more for the kingdom of God than the so-called person who's so crazy talented that can play a dozen instruments and do it do, and, and has all the musical ability. Where is your heart? Who are you doing it unto? Jediah, the son of Haram, verse 10, made repairs in front of his house. Several times in Nehemiah 3, it speaks of those who worked um, in a section of, of, of the wall that was right in front of their house. And often we need to give attention to the work of God in our own homes. If the work needs to be done anywhere, it needs to be done in our own homes. The names of these men 
um, who are said to have made repairs in front of their house are they're, they're, they're interesting, their names. In verse 10, it says, Jediah, his name means he who calls unto God. He who calls unto God. Our homes must be places of prayer where the family calls on God. Verse 23, it talks about Benjamin. Benjamin means the son of my right hand. Speaking of a protector, our homes must be places of protection, places of peace. Verse 29 mentions Zadok. His name means justice. Our homes must be places of justice and integrity, especially with integrity regarding um, our vows and our promises, especially our marital vows. It must be places of integrity. Verse 30 talks about Meshulam. Meshulam means devoted. Our homes must be places of devotion and separation to God. Verse 27 talks about um, the Tekoites repaired another section. This section of wall uh, uh, near the water gate saw some, some remarkable service. Now, apparently the Tekoites, they, they weren't satisfied with the work they had already done. So, you know, so, so they wanted to do more work. These, these, these men, you know, they, they finished what they were assigned. They accomplished it and they could have sat back and just chilled. Like we did our work. You know what I'm saying? My job is done, but they said, no, no, no. We want to do more. Where else can we serve? They weren't going to let the bad example of their nobles who did not do any work keep them from, from working above and beyond the call of duty. When I was reading in verse five, and I said, this is very important. Verse five, it says, next to them, the the, the, the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work of the Lord. The Tekoites, they did not, they, they didn't care that their leaders were being lazy. They said, we're going to work despite your laziness. We're not going to, we're not going to follow that bad example. Sometimes in life, you know, we need to do the work above and beyond even our leaders, whether that's at in your job place, whether it's in the church, you know, you may have a leader within your respective uh, ministry that you serve in who isn't really doing the job they're supposed to be doing. You work anyway. You don't follow their example because there's a blessing in that. Verse 30, Meshulam, the son of Barakir, made repairs in front of his dwelling. The Hebrew word for dwelling um, is actually the word chamber, and it refers to a singular room. Meshulam, he had only one small room, yet, yet he was devoted to God and to the work of rebuilding the walls. Right? It's better to be devoted to God in one small room than to have a mansion and have a heart that's cold towards God. Meshulam is significant because he's talked about because he had one room and he was devoted to that. He did the work that was called to him to do. So what can we observe from, from Nehemiah 3? You know, we have 32 chapters just talking about different individuals, you know, men. One guy said, it talked about his men, uh, him and his daughters repairing the wall. So what can we observe from here? Well, this chapter shows the need for believers to work together to accomplish something. It pleased God to see his people working together in one accord, with one heart, with one mind. And, and God will God will oftentimes put us into situations where we must work together to and, and learn how to lead, learn how to follow, 
Learn how to work together with one heart and mind. That's why it's, it's so important, my brothers and sisters, that we're, that we're unified in the work. We're unified in this Miracles in Motion spiritual journey campaign. This, 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 this spiritual journey. And that's really what it is. It's a spiritual journey. You know, I was telling I was telling our team at Cumberland County, God doesn't need our money. Let me say it again. He does not need our money. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. Pastor Brennan has has spoken over and over again and been very transparent of what it's going to take for, for this work to be accomplished. Right. And the bottom line is God does not need our money. What he wants is our faithfulness. What he wants is, us, is, is for us to be open to, to where he's leading us. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if we're open to it and we're obedient, your $5 extra a month that you give towards this, towards this spiritual journey um, uh, a campaign is way more than that individual who, who right now could probably write a check and cover the whole thing. Why? Why? Because that person who can write a check and cover the whole thing, they're not growing spiritually. They're not being obedient. But if you are being obedient, God is going to do a move. He's going to stretch your faith, right? He's going to help you build up your spiritual muscles. It's so important. I share this with our team in, in, in Cumberland County. Our last thing that we had to get into the Egg Harbor Township location, it was called God is Able. Right? Who remembers God is able? Handful of us, right? And God is able. Listen, Pastor Jason was in a completely different place in his life at that time. Completely different. And the Lord put something on my heart. What to give, which was more than what I what Jason thought he could do. Okay. And I was obedient. And I, I listened and I said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. And so I did. And we were serving and, and we were moving and we were in that, we were in the building tearing up carpet and, 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 and buffing out floors and painting walls and then having to repaint walls because people don't know how to paint, you know, and it's like, you up and down, up, like how, how hard is it? But we had, we had to redo it and we did so much work, Right. And let me tell you what happened in my life, my brothers and sisters, right? And again, this is not me. This is all of work of the Lord. It was all the move of his Holy Spirit. He did. He accomplished this. Hindsight being 2020, I can look back and see that as a, as a result of my faithfulness, my marriage was restored. We're living in this beautiful home that God God made it happen, right? He made it happen. I got a beautiful baby girl upstairs who turns three this year, three, Nicole, you believe that? In May, right? Who's upstairs right now. And, and she may seem all peaceful right now, but whew, sweet baby Jesus. Got a beautiful girl upstairs, right? And I am honored, honored to be able to, to pounce through the Cumberland County location for Fusion Church. I do not deserve this. By my own strength and power, this would never happen. 
but it's when we're obedient. And I'm not saying any of this to, to, to brag or to boast or to say, look at me, look at me. No, the word says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and what? The word of our testimony. And that's my testimony. And I'm excited to hear the testimony of all of you as you're faithful, as you're being obedient. And you're going to come to, 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 to myself or one of the other, other leaders and staff members of the church and say, look what God has done. Look what God has done. Look what God has done. What else can we learn from Nehemiah? My time is, I got two minutes. Okay. The work that was done on the walls was a reflection on the family. Almost every person that was mentioned, it says the son of someone, the son of this dude, the son of that guy, Right. It's in the family that our children learn to work. And as parents, we must be committed to teaching our kids how to be hard workers. And in a spiritual sense, our hard work or, or, or lack of it is a reflection of our spiritual family. Each and every one of us should be a good reflection of our spiritual family. This chapter is an evidence of, of Nehemiah's leadership. Nehemiah was an effective leader because he made each person accountable for their work. Each man had a section of the wall that he was responsible for, and it was known who was responsible for each section of the wall. And no one wanted to be seen as that they were slacking, except for them, them elders of the Tequites. You know, they, they, they just didn't care. You know, but everyone was 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 known where they were working, and you didn't want to be seen as lazy, as being a failure. He held each man accountable. Nehemiah was an effective leader because he noted who did the work and who didn't, right? Verse 5 tells us who, who wasn't working. He was an effective leader because he organized the work for maximum efficiency. Everyone had their section and the work was organized around the gates. Nehemiah was an effective leader because, because he knew where to start. He, he began with a spiritual aspect of the work and by consecrating everything to God. Everything begins with consecrating to God. Everything begins with dedicating it to the Lord. Before we do a work, any kind of work within the kingdom of God, we need to pray. We need to give it to God, right? This miracles in motion, spiritual growth uh, journey, most of you have only been hearing about it over the past month or so. But let me tell you, us as a staff, our elders have been praying about this for a long time. Elders, come on. For a long time, we've been praying about it, seeking the Lord's counsel, seeking his face. God, what, what direction do you want us to go? Right? And we're still praying for it. Please pray for Pastor Brennan and Pastor Danielle. You, none of us understand the mantle of responsibility that's on this, this man's shoulders, right? Right now, Pastor Brennan is like Moses holding his hands up, and we're going to battle. And our elders, Brother Doug, Brother Bob, Pastor John, Brother Mike, are holding his arms up, right? And we all have, have things that we're, you know, have our part to play. We're all praying for this. Prayer is so key, and everything begins with prayer. And finally, what else can we learn? That, that we need to learn to see Jesus. In all of this, see Jesus in the building, see Jesus in the work, see Jesus and, oh, and, and, and see things how Jesus sees things. See, Jesus is the builder. He's a builder way 10, 100 times greater than Nehemiah. 
Jesus is the servant high priest, greater than Elisha, who was a great high priest. And Jesus is the Messiah, my brothers and sisters, who, whose birth was made possible by the work of building the wall and establish security for the vulnerable people of God. Because if this built, if this wall was not built, Jerusalem would have never uh, grown back to its, its strength, right? And there would have been, and perhaps there would have been no Israelites for the Messiah to come through. So everything points to Jesus. Everything is for Jesus. We are, we are going to be building out Egg Harbor Township location. We're going to be renovating the new Cumberland County location. Why? So that Jesus' name could be lifted on high. So that Jesus' name could be glorified. So that Jesus can be at the, at the forefront, at the front and center of what's happening here in South Jersey. My brothers and sisters, there's so much work that's going to be done. And I'm telling our team in Cumberland County, don't think because we're going into a new building that the work is going to get easier. No, no, no. I'm sorry. That's not the way, that's, that's the way it's going to be. It's not going to be easier. It's going to be different. But it's not going to get easier. Egg Harbor Township, when that that worship center over there is finally completed and you guys have, it's going to be crazy. And you have so many people. Don't think because now you have more room that ushers, your job is going to be easier. Because you have more room, you know, welcome home desk, your work is going to be easier. No, God is going to grow. The overflow of people are going to be coming. Parking lot team over there, we are praying for you guys. I don't know how y'all do it. Y'all guys are rock stars with all the people because people are going to be coming. And they're not coming to Fusion Church. And I'm going to close with this. People that are not coming to Fusion Church. People are coming to encounter Jesus Christ. People are coming to encounter the Holy Spirit who's already been preparing them, already been working on them, already been stirring their spirit for their for an encounter with him. Okay? So let's get rid of Fusion. Let's not even think about Fusion Church, right? I'm drinking out of my Fusion Church coffee mug. Let's, let's, let's remove the name. This is the church that Jesus Christ is building. This is the church that Jesus Christ is, 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 is growing. Okay. I had an individual ask me not too long ago, um, who, who does not really attend has been a couple times, but why do you, his question was, why do you want so many people in your church? Why do you want such a, such a, such a big church? I would tell you right now, it would be a whole lot easier if our church kind of stayed where it's at, you know, for me personally, you know, the amount of work it's going to be. If you ask pastor Brendan, he'd be cool with a church, you know, that's about a medium-sized church. But it's not us that's saying, you know, we want more, grow, 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 grow. It's the Holy Spirit saying, you guys have been built for this. I have placed you here for such a time as this. I am sending people because I know the, the lost. Jesus is saying my children are lost and I know there's a place of comfort for them, a place where they can grow, a place where they can be discipled. And I'm sending them, sending them to you because you have stewarded the little, so I'm building you up for greater. So my brothers and sisters, as I close, where is that place that you need to stop it, step, step up in? Where is that, where is that section of wall? that you need to be focused on? What's that section of wall within your own life? What's that section of wall, that section of the gate 
that that in the kingdom of God that you need to be praying over, that you need to consecrate. Because I'm telling you right now, guys, it's going to get wild, but wild in such a good way. We are so expectant for the overflow. I'm expecting for miracle signs and wonders to be happening at all of our locations. And you know what's even, I'm even more excited. Ooh, I'm getting worked up. And see, I always get worked up right towards the end, right, Nicole? I am excited because, you know, we do have a vision for 21 locations and we're only at two. And look how crazy it's been with just two. Imagine what God's going to do with the next 19. Imagine the people who are going to come through the doors, who are going to encounter Jesus Christ. And guess what? We get to sit front row to the miracles that God is doing in our lives. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word, Lord God. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you, Father, that as, as always, we can look to your word and see an example that we can follow of Nehemiah and all these men, all these people who did the work of repairing the walls, of building up the walls, of fortifying the walls, Lord God, so that your people can be safe, Lord. And Father, as we, as we as we're in the just the beginning stages of this miracles in motion, spiritual growth journey, Lord, that the work that you've put before us is right at hand, Lord God. And we're going to begin moving. We're going to begin sweating. There's going to be blood, sweat, and tears in the in these facilities, Lord God. But Father, those that, that blood, sweat, and tears is nothing but seeds, Father. Seeds that are going to contribute to the growth, Father. Seeds that are going to, going to contribute to, to, to making a place available so that people can encounter you, Jesus. So thank you, Father, for what you're doing. Lord, we are so unworthy and we recognize that. Lord, we recognize that you don't need us, Father, but you've chosen us. You've chosen us to be your hands and feet, Father. So I pray that we won't we won't drop the ball, that we're going to pick the ball up and we're going to run. And we're going to run until you tell us to stop, Father. So thank you for that, Lord. I pray for my brothers and sisters, Lord God. I pray that, that they will continue to reflect on this word, Jesus. They will continue to reflect on it, Lord God, Father. And, and Lord, just, just reveal things to them that they need to do. What are the, what, what is that thing that they need to do for your kingdom? Where's that area they need to serve? Where's that area that they need to step up, step up in, Lord God? Father, we thank you for what you're doing, and we're so grateful, and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen. All right, brothers and sisters, I love y'all, and I'll see you again next week. God bless.